Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We enter in by faith and the just, those that have been justified by God, they're going to continue to live by faith. The same way I enter into relationship with the Lord, faith. I'm going to continue to walk with the Lord by faith. That's what we want to capture out of the book of Galatians. We entered into relationship with the Lord by believing in him and what he did. And the way we're going to continue to walk with God is we're going to, continue, we're going to walk by faith. Day by day, God, I'm trusting you and believing you for, for everything. I'm not trusting in me for anything. I'm trusting in you for everything. We'll continue walking and moving by faith. Do you feel yourself reading the same parts of the Bible over and over again? Maybe the parts that you are skipping are hard to understand, or they make you feel uncomfortable. Today, Pastor Bill will explain the importance of reading your Bible daily and of reading through the entire Bible. As you read through the Bible, you can get to know more and more of God's character, what He loves, and what He hates. You will be equipped to spot false teaching, and you will grow and mature as a Christian. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, as he continues his message having begun in the spirit. This is something that across the board, I see when it comes to false teaching, particularly Christian false teachings. You're hearing something from someone where God began some work in a legitimate way, but now someone, as you're listening, you're like, where did you get that from? That teaching is foreign. No one would arrive at that conclusion with just the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Who told you that? What you're saying right there, where did that come from? That's been my experience. When I sit with someone that, you know, I, I did youth ministry for 12 years. So there'd be kids where you watch them get saved. You watch them begin their walk with the Lord. And some kids ended up later on in good churches. I had kids that ended up in weird places. And um, I had a kid that ended up in a cult. And he actually lived on, I mean, actually move you to, you move and you give up everything. And you live on some reserve with this, with the cult. And then they send you back out when they say you're ready. But you got to come with a person, you know, your disciple or person. When this kid called me, he hit me on Facebook and he said, hey, Pastor Bill, man, it's been a long time. I said, I him, how are you doing, man? You, you, you doing, how are you doing with the Lord? So I'm doing great, man. I'm you know, better than I've ever been before. I would love to come by and talk with you. And I said, man, here is my address. Come by the house. And I, I was excited to see this kid and see how he was doing and how he progresses, walk with the Lord. So when Tony, he came, but he showed up with somebody. So, y'all know, that's just not regular etiquette. You know, like I said, you can come to my house. Well, you bring your wife or your, you know, who is this dude that you bring into my house? So I, I was cued off at my front door like, oh, man, something weird. You know, here, here we go. So I, now I got to invite them in. Come on in. Come on in. But I'm already weirded. I'm like, so who is this? Oh, this is just one of the brothers. You know, and even now the, the terminology, I'm like, here we go. So we sit down and. Um, and we go a little bit and I really don't have the temperament or the patience for that sort of thing. So I'm like, it's my house. This is my living room. So, you know, I'm like, look, I said, look, I said, bro, you got, I said, it's clear right now. Now I know what happened. You're in a cult. That's where you've been. This is your cult leader. You can't be without him because he's like your daddy and you can't, you can't have a conversation with me without him present because he's like your personal Holy Ghost. So you know better than that. You know better. You know better than all of this right here, man. I said, so you, I told the guy, you know, he's like, he stood up and says, I'm declaring right now in this house. I said, man, get out of my house. I'll beat you up. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. <laughs> get out of my house. And, uh, and that, that ended right there. But the reality was, you know, it's like, where did this come from? It was somebody told you, you, you didn't, you didn't arrive at these conclusions with your Bible open. Just with the Holy Spirit. There's some conclusions you just won't end up there that way. 
And so be careful if you're prone to that. Maybe you've been misled before and you find that there's a weakness in you. Um, you know, some people have soft hearts to the Lord. This quote from David Guzik, I, I thought was wonderful. I, I put it in my notes. He said, it's wonderful to have a soft, tender heart before God. That's a great thing. He says, but some people have softer heads than hearts. Their minds are too accommodating to wrong, unbiblical ideas, and they don't think things through to see if they're really true or not, according to the Bible. This is a sign of spiritual immaturity, even as a baby will stick anything in its mouth. And so for some people, that's the reality. They, they, they have soft heads. They just, they just take in whatever. And if you find that that's a weakness for you, if you said, I've been in false churches and I, I was part of a cult over here and I, I used to study with the Jehovah. If you're one of those kind of people, you need to just pause. You need time alone with the Lord regularly where you begin to you, you begin to discern his voice. God's word, as you read through it over and over again, God will make clear to you what he loves and what he hates. And it's a relationship uh, for any of us that have been married for a period of time. You know, your, I know my wife. I know her. I know what she likes. I know what she don't like. I know when she got one face. I know what that face, the face tell me. That face can tell me, you know, I, I think you said the wrong thing. Face can tell me, I, I want some sugar. You know, the face can tell me all kinds of things. I know her. The more time you spend in the word, you'll just know him. You'll know that's not God. That's not what God's like. And the Holy Spirit will bring things in remembrance right there on the spot. But you, you will know God as you spend time in the word, the whole word. Right. Not just the favorite books or the popular books. The Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, beneficial for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and righteousness that the man of God or woman may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The whole book. So as you read through the whole book, you're you're equipping your even when you're reading those books, and you're like, man, this doesn't make any sense. You know, the Leviticus is so meticulous. Uh, God wants to build the temple. You got to have this thing, this measurement, blah, 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 blah. You know what you learn from that? That God is specific. That God wants what he wants, the way he wants it. God didn't say he wasn't random, right? That became popular a while back. Everything was, it's just so random, like that was a good thing. God's not random. God's like, he's like, no, I'm specific. I want it to be this tall, that wide, just like that. Do it like I said, do it. That's, I'm learning that about the Lord. God's not random. God's like, no, I want it like this. That means when I can seek the Lord, God, you're specific. That's who you are. Yeah. So I want to know what you specifically want me to do in this situation, because it's not random. You're not glorified in me going, I'm just going to do whatever and just see have random. You know, no, God, you're specific. Always there's something you're learning about God in every page and every book. We're reading the books. It's like, man, God, you're just killing everybody. God is just. He ain't playing. Right. I just want to stay in John and learn about the juicy love of Jesus. Nah, <laughs> you need to you gonna read some of these other books and learn about now. He got a he got a sword too. He'll whoop your tail, you know. So that's who he is. You don't get to pick and choose. I just want to talk about this part. Now, nah, guys, like I'm, I want you to know who I am in totality. So you know me and you know how to walk with me and how to be pleasing to me. And so I can't emphasize it enough how important your personal time in the word will be and is to your growth, your maturity, but even fending off error. Um, why did the Galatians succumb to this error? Um, because they didn't stand on the truth that they had known at first. They were open to someone else speaking to them. They were open to these people speaking into their life, but they spoke lies into their life. The result, the lies that resulted in them no longer walking in the truth. Uh, one of the one of the things that you can mark a false teaching is many times it brings people into bondage. Does it bring you into liberty? Um, you know, we know John eight thirty two. you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? 
truth shall make you free. I'm never freer than when I'm in the truth. It's error that'll bring me back into bondage. You know, the, the error that they were being brought into said, in order to get saved, you can't just believe. That's a liberating truth that I can just believe the gospel and be saved. That's liberating. I could do that. But if you say I got to believe and then got to be certain, oh man, and I got to keep some other, you know, certain things in order to be saved, that's, that's not liberating. They tell me in order to live pleasing to God, you can't just walk by faith and, and let the Spirit of God move upon you and live in you. No, in order to receive the work of the Holy Spirit, you gotta, you gotta work for that too. Oh man, that's hard. I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can do it. You know, but you tell me that God, the Holy, God says the Holy Spirit is there for asking them, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more would the whole, God give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? You mean I just gotta ask and receive it? That's a liberating truth. Cause I want it. And if all I gotta do is ask and believe for it, I can do that. God, I trust, I believe in you. That's a liberating truth. And so be careful that the truth that you're meditating on is not binding you, should be liberating you, should be freeing you up to to walk with the Lord in power and in strength. Amen. 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 So moving on now, he said in verse um, five, he said, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And so once again, Paul is asking these questions. So he said, now he who supplies the spirit, that's God, to you, and he works miracles among you, tell me, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so he said, I want you guys to go back and look at the things that God has done. Look at what the spirit has done among you. Look at the miracles you've witnessed. What, what, how did they come? Was it by the hearing of faith or was there works of the law? Was there works that were done in order to bring about the miracles of God? And there were there were no works. You go back through your Bible and read about the miracles. You know, Jesus multiplied bread and loaf. What law did they keep for him to do that? None. He just did that. Just did. I mean, God just does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Amen. And so what Paul is doing, he said, look, I just want you to look at what God has actually done. Um, I had a person at the church I used to go to, Cabin Chapel Downing. And this person had got wrapped up in a couple of false, you know, things. He got he got wrapped up heavily in some aspects of. Of, of reformed theology, but it, it then was uh, some other aspects of the, the way to present the gospel. And I remember now this person, I knew them when they got saved. They actually got saved under our pastor's preaching and they grew as a believer under his teaching over the years. And they had flourished and they were discipled and they were worship leading and they had grown there for years and all this stuff. And then they were listening to somebody's podcast. And after listening to these podcasts, they, they came back and I, I walked upon a conversation one Sunday and they were they were basically critiquing the pastor's presentation of the gospel. And I, and I, I listened. And I said, ain't that the same gospel that got you saved? Are you, you about 10 years into your walk with the Lord. Ain't that how you got led to the Lord? And he said, well, it wasn't because of how it was despite how I said, man, I said, you, you need to be sorry before God for even doing that. I said, so I, I, I said, is it the spirit that's leading you to talk about this man's message? Is the spirit leading you to do this? No. Like, what's leading you to do this? Like, look, look at the pride. You're, you're so proud that you're going to critique. People got saved. That morning that he's doing it, I mean, people had got saved. And he was critiquing the message. I'm like, man, people got saved. What you what do you were? I mean, I'm sitting there in awe. I'm like, when people get saved, I cry. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm 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 all in. And I just thought, man, this isn't adding to you. This is taken away from you. Now you become an enemy of even the process through which the Lord met you. 
Lay that, lay that down, bro. This is not, you're not a better Christian believing with whatever you, whatever them podcasts are, you need to cut them things off your iPod and read your Bible some more because it's not making you a better believer. You, you sour grapes now. So we want to be so careful. Paul said, was it by the hearing of the law? Or, no, that, that, that the miracles that God did, it was by faith. It was a hearing of faith. God just did it. Verse six. And now he goes into what would be for the Jews, they obviously held Abraham in high esteem, the father of faith for them. He said, look, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. They said, you know, go all the way back to Abraham. God made Abraham this promise. God, Abraham, God told Abraham who couldn't have kids, whose wife was barren, that you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be a father of many nations that the, 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 all the nations are going to be blessed through you. And he said this to a man who's like, but my wife can't have kids though. Abraham, I'm going to do it through you. You're going to be the man. You got multi- Look out here. You see all the stars of the sky? You, you have more kids than that. More, more than the sands of the sea. And I mean, and then Abraham tried to, you know, Abraham tried to make it happen in the flesh, right? What did he get? Ishmael. Wrong. <laughs> Not what God promised. He got Ishmael. We still got problems with Ishmael today. But that that was not God's intent. But God did it right. When did God do it? God did it when it was it was so far gone. God waited till I'm going to wait till you're so old, Abraham, that it's it's going to take a miracle even for you to do your part. Your wife was barren anyway, but I'm going to wait till this barren woman is also beyond the age of being able. So you got to she was barren when she was in the fruitful years of age. And now she's beyond menopause and everything else. So I'm waiting till then. And y'all are both old. Y'all know how old they were? Right. They, okay. So I don't know if you got any 90 years, but you know, I, I, I don't know what it'll be like at that age, but you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that they, they weren't, this weren't, it wasn't normally going down in the tent at 90s. You know, they was, they had, they had just say, hey, we, I just rubbed my hair, just scratched my neck, you know, whatever. But, God said, I'm going to do it now. Now I'm going to do it. And that he did it then. He did it when it just had to be a work of God. Abraham couldn't strut around and say, you know, man, I've been keeping myself in good shape, you know. And, uh, you know, Sarah wasn't saying, you know, I was, I was drinking the right herbal teas and taking the right ointments and whatnot. They both would just have to say, no, it's just a work of God. And so that's that's how God wants to do things that that he would get the glory that. We wouldn't be touting around like we're something, robbing him of his glory, becoming prideful and and in doing so sinning against him. But that in in the way God does things, God says, look, I get all the glory. You get all the benefits because they were short. I mean, Abraham, they were blessed. I'm sure that that was maybe the most spoiled kid in the whole town when he finally got there. You know, they were blessed. But God was glorified that they and as they went around, Sarah, you had a baby and you was barren. God is so good. Look at this little guy right here. I'm sure that God just got glory, glory and more glory out of that. That's how he wants it to be. And so um, I'll just press this upon us that, you know, we we wouldn't be people that are trying to earn God's favor, but that we would just receive it. Right. God's grace is unmerited favor. God's favor upon you just cause. Just because he's God, he loves you. And I think if we received that, that many of us would just melt under the goodness of God. And that would bring about a purified life. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. Right. Just his goodness. God, you're good to me. I I just I just want to do better because you're so good. 
Um, that's that's how God works it out in our lives. Moving on now. Uh, so he brought up Abraham uh, who believed God. and It was accounted to him for righteousness. Again, Abraham heard it and he just believed God. And that was accounted to him for righteousness that he believed nothing that not that he did, but he believed. Verse seven. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And so he said, look, for you guys that are trying so hard to keep the law, only those that are doing it like Abraham did it. Only those who are sons of faith, only those who are only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Then he says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying in you, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, Abraham was the father of the Jewish nations. But when God says, look, through you, all the nations are going to be blessed, not just the Jews, all the nations. He's saying Paul is saying here, y'all don't even know this. But God was through through this promise here. God was already foretelling to Abraham that I was going to work not just in the Jewish people, but also in the Gentiles, that all nations were going to be blessed through him, not just one. And so um, verse nine. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Everybody that's of faith, Gentiles, Jews. Um, we'll see later on in Galatians that, that there's no more separation. God said, look, no male, no female, no Jew, nor Scythian, barbarian or whatever. Those who believe they're saved. That's it. God is willing to save everybody. Anybody that will come to him. God doesn't have. Does God have a racial preference? You guys No. Nah. So we shouldn't either. Amen. We got to be careful about that these days because people are trying to bring, try to try to claim Christianity for their their group. Um, it's not ours to claim. It's for everybody. And if I understand it right, I want everybody to receive it anyway. Amen. Amen. And so I've, I'm, I'm real careful not to make this thing a cultural thing um, because God didn't make this a cultural thing. He's, he's I'm opening. I want the I want everybody. I want some of everybody. When you got the image of, of, of in Revelation of heaven, it was some people of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. It was it's going to be colorful up there. You know, so y'all need to start liking everybody down here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're not going to like heaven. You, you might not make it. So verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And so the idea is this when it comes to the law, uh, if you're going to be someone that says, I'm going to keep the law to be right with God. How much of the law do you need to keep? All of it. That means if you ever one time broke the law, um, you're guilty of the whole thing. So, I mean, it, it would seem simple enough. I, I'm pretty sure nobody in this room would say, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm pretty much keeping the law. But every once in a while you meet somebody out in the streets, you got you go out there witnessing. You'll meet people that say, yeah, I'm living by the Ten Commandments. Oh my God. Here we go. One of you guys, you know, you're living by the Ten Commandments. That's why you're going to, you know, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Well, I mean, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments. Do you really? Have you ever told a lie? Well, I mean, everybody tells a lie. You told a lie before. You broke the law. That You broke the law before. You can't go to heaven now. If you're going to be by the law, you got to live the whole thing out with perfection. The, the goal of the law, nobody, nobody will be in heaven. We're not going to get to heaven to see somebody be like, I made it by keeping the law. I didn't have to go to Jesus route. You know, I did, I did that thing myself. You know, I came out of the womb and I was just I got ready. I had I had a sharp mind. You know, we're not going to meet that person there. Who's the only person that kept the law in perfection? And there'll never be anybody else that does. So we don't even try. Um, we acknowledge pretty. I think hopefully easily we acknowledge that I can't do this. Um, Jesus did it for me. And that's why I, I reach out and I receive what he's done. And so 
Um, but if you want to try to live by the law, you got to keep the whole thing, which anybody that's trying to do that has already failed before they start. So verse nine. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse uh, for it is written again. Curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. So he just says now after asking the question, he says, just so you don't misunderstand or have the wrong answer. He says, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident. And he quotes Habakkuk for the just shall live by faith. We enter in by faith and the just those that have been justified by God. They're going to continue to live by faith. The same way I entered into relationship with the Lord, faith. I'm going to continue to walk with the Lord by faith. That's what we want to capture out of the book of Galatians. We entered into relationship with the Lord by believing in him and what he did. And the way we're going to continue to walk with God is we're going to, continue, we're going to walk by faith. Day by day, God, I'm trusting you and believing you for, for everything. I'm not trusting in me for anything. I'm trusting in you for everything. We'll continue walking and moving by faith. Verse uh, 12, he says, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. And this is why, right? When we look at what Christ did, um, when I try to take it on myself, it's like, you can't do it, right? He took the curse for me. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's why the gospel is such good news. That's why it should have been great news to Jewish people who had been trying to keep the law. That means they had been failing their whole life when Jesus came and said, look, I, I, I did it for you. You guys just now put your faith in me and what I did, that my finished work on the cross. I'm redeeming you from the curse of the law. The law is a curse. Would you guys agree? I read the Old Testament. I'm like, God, I'm glad I wasn't Jewish. I'm glad I wasn't around for that. I'm glad that I mean, that just sounds like bad news. Um, there's, there's too many laws. There was rules for everything. You had to wash a certain way. You had to wear your clothes a certain way. You had to feast on certain days. You had to show up at the temple at certain times. You had to you had to give an offering. It had to be the right offering. The, get, the, the lamb had to have no spot, no blemish, no wrinkle, no dots, no imperfections. That's just too much. I'm just receiving Jesus. I, I, I read through the law. I, I think the goal of it, too, like, why does God have us read through all of that? We're not living by it. So you can appreciate Jesus. We should read our Old Testament and just say, Lord, thank you. Oh, thank you. You, you, you want to read. You should read Leviticus and Hebrews together. Read Leviticus. It's, it's thick. And then read Hebrews. You, you can't appreciate Hebrews without Leviticus. Hebrews is telling us everything. Jesus is better. He's a better sacrifice. He's a better, you know, high priest. He's a better covenant. We got a better, you know, salvation. We got everything we got in Jesus is better. And when you look at what they had in Leviticus, you're like, yes, I, I want Jesus. This is better. I'll receive it. And so last verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. He says, look, um, Jesus died on the cross. You know, we're told in scripture that it curses everyone that hangs on the tree. Jesus hung on the tree, the cross. Um, he was cursed for us. So he took your curse and my curse upon ourselves so we don't have to. And then he says, look, why did he do that? That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. 
the, the, the relationship with God. The, the Jews had a covenant that this is how they entered in. God said that now we're going to enter into relationship with God through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And God wants us to receive everything he has for us and tell us how to do it by faith. It's not by works, it's by believing. Galatians 2.20 tells us, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul wrote this to show how his life had been turned upside down because of the power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Jesus came to change lives all over the world, and he's able to change yours too. If you think your past is too terrible to forgive, that's simply not true. Just look at Paul's life. He was far down the wrong path, but an encounter with Jesus changed that. Maybe you encountered Jesus today while you were listening. Are you ready to take the next step? He's ready. We'd love to talk to you more. Would you give us a call or send us a text? You can reach us at 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'll get back in touch with you as soon as we can. You're invited to join us for church this weekend, too. We can't see you face-to-face quite yet, but we'll be live streaming our service at 9 a.m. this Sunday on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Instagram. Find out more at our website, calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, you'll be able to explore more teachings from Pastor Bill's series through the Bible. Find out all about this ministry and Calvary Chapel Inglewood. That website, one more time, is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all for today, and thanks for tuning in to A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.